Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. God, move me out of the way and just begin to speak through me, God. May, may I just be a voice box. May I amplify your word to these, your people, God. Sometimes you say things to them that I didn't even say, uh, but you're going to speak. And I just invite you, Holy Spirit, to come in this place and speak and minister and do the things that you can do, God. You know where everybody's at today. You know the hurt. You know the hang-ups. You know the addiction. You know the brokenness. God, you know the sin. You know the things that bind us. God, you know the voices coming at us from every direction. God, right here, right now, we want to hear from you. Right now, we want to hear from you. We want to know what you're saying to us, God, beyond everything else. God, I'm a child of God. I am who you say I am. Not what anybody else says. Not what anybody else thinks. Not what other things people are, are, are posting. God, I believe what you say about me and no one else. Thank you, oh God, for the things you do, for all that you're going to do in this message, in this service today. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's people said together, amen, amen. Let's give Jesus a round of applause this morning. Wake up this morning. You guys awake? You ready for the word this morning? I'm ready to bring the word, so I just praise God. Thank you, worship team. Let's give the worship team one more round of applause as you find your seat. Man, I praise God for this worship team. You know, my man back on the guitar in the back, Gaby, he was, uh, he came prepared. He came in shorts this morning, prepared to run the screens and do the stuff in the back. And, and uh, Ray, our other guitarist, called in sick at the last minute. And Gaby said, give me a guitar. I'll do it. He made it happen. So, Gaby, I appreciate you, my brother. And you can wear shorts anyway, but I'm just saying, I, I'm so thankful for, uh, for that. He wasn't expecting and he did it. My sister, uh, and I'm not just calling on a couple. Every, every one of this team is amazing. But my sister, Steph. Steph, where are you at? Stand back out here. They need to see who you are. Steph, come on up. My sister, Stephanie. No, come on. Stop it. Get out here. You crazy. Uh, she's so shy when she's... Uh, when, yeah, give her a round of applause. When she has a mic and she's singing, she's amazing. When she's speaking, she gets a little anxious. And uh, I'm not sure why, but she's gifted, she's blessed, she's talented. Uh, she left Orlando at 4 o'clock this morning to be here. And uh, can you believe that? She was committed. She's, she's on the team. She knew that she had to lead this. And, and uh, she said, I'm, I, I got to come. And uh, the whole way down, the enemy was attacking, giving her physical pain and different things going on. But she's here. Man, praise God for you, Steph. Awesome, 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 awesome. Uh, I'm not worthy to lead a team like that, that would do that, that would get up that early. Volunteer, by the way, in case you wanted to know, that's volunteer. It's not because she's um, receiving something to do it. She's doing it out of what God is giving to her. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? It's a, it, it, like I'm, I'm shocked even thinking about it. But I praise God and, and so many others, so many others that are here that are exhausted, that have done this 16 weeks in a row and barely miss a Sunday. And others, it's their first week this week, and they get here bright and early, 8 o'clock, to help us set up and, and create this 
worship environment. Man, it's so awesome. We had five new Renew Crew uh, members that, that joined today that have, have been a part of serving and making this happen. So let's give them a round of applause as well. Awesome, awesome. We could, uh, we could use your help if you want to be a part of that, if you want to help us set up and, and be a part of the Renew Crew and, and doing that. Uh, it's a great family. And uh, you can do, no matter how young or old you are, you can be a part, little bit, lot, whatever you want to do, just, just come and get involved. Maybe you can do it only once or twice a month, but I encourage you to find a place, get plugged in. We want to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And that's what's happening at Renew Church. And uh, so I am super, super thankful for every single one of them. So uh, let me bring the word this morning to you. And as we do, I, I want to kind of also plug small groups because, man, I love small group. I love our small group. Um, I've had the opportunity to attend every single one of them, but I have one that's my like my group that I attend every week. And then I've visited the others. The others are amazing as well. But this, this uh, week in our small group, we were kind of doing what we do every week, which is kind of following up on the message, rereading the scripture and asking questions of the text and talking about it, how it applies to our life and where we're, where we're at or where we're going. Um, if you missed this last season of small groups, as Mikey said, there's another four-week season that starts next week. So starting the 26th next week, you can get involved in one of those groups, see Mikey at the table on your way out, and just jump in for four weeks. That's all. That's your only commitment. Uh, so, so be a part of it. See which one might fit your schedule, your time, your geographic location, and meet some people at Renew Church. This past week in our West Kendall group, the one that I was attending at Pastor Raymond's house, uh, Raymond Bermudez, we were talking about the power of our words. And uh, somehow, in some way, this might not be super spiritual, but somehow, in some way, we got onto the, the topic of uh, Cuban curse words. <laughs> Uh, because, uh, like, we were talking about how words sometimes translate differently in different languages, and, and uh, they were trying to explain this to me. And first of all, let me just say, man, am I stupid. Like, the certain things that they were teaching me, I was like, I didn't know that. <laughs> you know, I was like, I, I had no idea what I was listening to or thinking. Not that I was repeating it. I don't repeat things I don't know. But, like, some people are saying things, and I'm like, oh, I thought that meant that. They're like, no, that didn't mean that. So they were trying to help me explain this, and without going into like the most vulgar of uh, explanations, one word in particular, and if you're Cuban, you may know this. If you're Miami, you may know this. I didn't know this until this week, but uh, Barbie was trying to explain this to me this week that in our group, she goes, so in, in, uh, in Cuba, the word for bus is, anybody know? Wawa. Somebody said it. It's Wawa. It's Wawa. And, and I didn't know that. They were telling me this to tell me a little bit about, like, different words that translate to different things in different languages. But I actually got distracted by that. My ADD kicked in, and I said, Wawa, yeah, have you been there? It's amazing. They have free coffee till Sunday. And they were like, what are you talking about? But Barbie knew what I was talking about. She said, I know, and have you tried the breakfast burritos? They're amazing. The next day, the next morning, my daughter's fixing cinnamon rolls in the morning, and I just leave the cinnamon rolls on the stovetop. I didn't touch the cinnamon rolls all night long since the night before, the group before. I, I, I could not get that breakfast burrito off my mind because I'm like a fan of breakfast burritos. And she had mentioned that. She planted that seed in my head. And when she planted that seed in my head, I was like, I got to go get me a Wawa breakfast burrito. Uh, full disclosure, the thing wasn't that good. I guess I got a bad cook or something like that. But how many of you know, like, your words have power? 
Your words control you. That Your words and what other people are speaking to you sometimes make you do things that you wouldn't otherwise do. I would have never went to Wawa for a burrito had it not been for the fact that we talked about it in the small group the night before. That leads to our kind of our theme verse. The power of the tongue, Proverbs 18, verse 21. The power of the tongue. The tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its burritos. I mean, it's fruit. Man, you guys need to lighten up a little bit. You guys all right today? Where, where is everybody this morning? It was a joke. But the tongue does have the power of life and death. And those who eat it, who love it, will eat its fruit. Your tongue has power. And that's what we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks uh, in this series. We've considered ways in which we need to let God in our atmosphere. And when you're saying things that tear others down, how many of you know you're grieving the very heart of God? Why would it, be, why would it matter to God if I said something about this other person? It's not God. Yeah, but he's created in the image of God. God's not glorified in your gossip. When you're speaking that way about someone else, you're speaking death to someone who is created in his very image. You've got to let God in your atmosphere. We talked the next week about uh, what to do when your bones are dry. This story of uh, Ezekiel and the, the, the vision that Ezekiel had. We have to declare the word of God over our life. We've got to declare the spirit of God in our life. We've got to say these things and let these things come to life. We've got to stop spewing poison in our life, in the form of blame, tearing down and complaining and gossip and lies and hate. Why? Because your words will determine your destiny. You are where you are because of the words you say. Because of the things that come out of your mouth, you are where you are. That's what we talked about last week. This isn't to say some kind of name it and claim it theology, but sometimes we're so afraid of that idea that we of, of getting too close to that theology that we are afraid to declare the word of God and the spirit of God over our circumstances. And so we speak life or we fail to speak life in dead situations when we need to do that. So I'm not saying, hey, God, uh, I'm, I'm declaring right here and right now that you would put a 32 foot contender with twin 300 outboards on my driveway today. That's not what I'm declaring. That's not what I'm saying. But on the other hand, We've got to do something to start getting in agreement with God. Like, sometimes we get that backwards and we say, God, you've got to give me that red Corvette because I've declared it and I've claimed it. And so now because I've named it and I've claimed it, you've got to give it to me. But on the other hand, on the opposite spectrum of this, man, we've got to, if we're not at least doing something about it, we're not trying to get God in agreement with our words per se. Here's what we're trying to do, though. We're trying to get our words in agreement with God. In other words, the things that we're saying, they have to line up with God. Not saying that God has to line up with our words. There's a difference. I don't know if you see the difference. Let me say it one more time. Our words need to not, we don't need to try to bring God down to our words. We need to raise our words up to God. Does that make sense? Do you follow me? I want to make sure that you're in agreement with me on that because that's where we've been for the last couple of weeks as we speak life. Man, if you say that meeting is horrible, guess what? That meeting is going to be horrible. If you say that, that uh, today is going to be hard, and I'm guilty of that many times, Sunday mornings, today is going to be hard, guess what? It's going to be hard. But is that what God is saying? Is that what God is saying? Because maybe somebody's going to be touched through today, whether or not it's hard or not. If you say we're going to lose, man, you're going to lose, right? Is there even a chance that you're going to win? You've lost even before you've started. 
Today I want to help you consider the words that God is saying over each and every single one of you, over your lives. To start, here's a, a, a thought that, that comes to mind as I was kind of preparing this message. I was thinking about my daughters and my dog. I have this little 15-pound uh, Maltese poodle mixture mutt, whatever it is. Her name is Trixie. And uh, this little dog has made her way into the hearts and lives of my home, my daughters. And man, they would do anything for that dog. They absolutely love little Trixie. They love her to death. Like when, when they walk in the door, they don't say, Daddy, where are you? They say, Trixie, where are you? Like all the time. They're looking for Trixie. Trixie sleeps with them. Trixie watches TV with them. Trixie goes outside to play with them. They, everything is Trixie all the time. Trixie this, Trixie that. They would do anything for that 15-pound puppy. But the thing is, is, is when it's time to get Trixie to do something, and if Trixie's not feeling it, if Trixie's kind of like having one of those days where she's just tired or she's tired of thinking about it or she's already had enough with the girls and, and the girls are just trying to get her to do one more thing, one more trick, do go one more place or, or, or do whatever, whatever that thing is. If Trixie's doing it and, and, or is not having it but they want her to do it, guess what they do? They change their tone. My girls change their tone. This is what they do. When, when they've said, Trixie, Trixie, come here, Trixie, come here. And they've said it like five or six times and it doesn't work. Guess what then they do? They lower their voice. They lower their tone and they go, Trixie. They try to talk in dad's voice and they go, Trixie, come here. You know why? Because on one word, like, and I'm not bragging on this. This is just the reality of it. Like all I have to do is say Trixie and Trixie like literally runs. And so they try to mimic my voice. They try to become dad for that moment because they want Trixie to uh, do whatever they want him to. So they're, they're yelling and they're calling out for Trixie in that way. And Trixie will come or Trixie will do whatever that thing is. The dog knows my voice. And the dog is listening to my voice. And there are times in our lives when, when um, instead of listening to all the other outside voices, We've got to start paying attention to the one voice that really, really matters. Does that make sense? Instead of listening to all the outside voices or all the distractions in our life, sometimes we've got to cancel those things out, and we've got to hear the voice that is calling our name that really matters. We've got to hear what God says about our situation. Man, why is it that we listen to the wrong voices so often? The voices in our head. Uh, the voices in our, our, our workplace, uh, the, the voices even sometimes of our family and our friends and those that love us the most. Why do we listen to those voices rather than listening to the voice of God when God is telling you to do something, when God is calling us to be a part of something or making this change or being uh, uh, instrumental in some area? A lot of people are influenced. One of the ways a lot of people are influenced is through this social pressure. And too many people, Will Rogers says this, too many people spend money they haven't earned to buy things they don't want to impress people they don't like. Why is that? Because of those voices. Let me say that again. Too many people buy things, spend money they haven't earned to buy things they don't want to impress people they don't even like. And why is that? Because of the voices around them. Instead of saying, no, I don't really want that. Instead of thinking about what, what is most important, they're like, yeah, but he got it, so I need it. We have to listen to the right voices. My question is, is what voice 
are you listening to? This morning, I'm going to take us into uh, the Old Testament. I'm going to go into the book of Numbers. But before we even go there, man, I, I, just, just thinking about this series, like this series could have went on and on and on. I mean, speak life. It, 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 words are so powerful and words are so impactful that, that you could say, you could, you could preach so long on this series. And I, and I almost hate to conclude it, but we'll do it again. We'll pick it up in some form in the, in the months or years ahead. But think about, like, how in the world did even we come into existence? How in the world did the world come into existence? All the creation, Genesis 1, the creation account, it all happened because what? And then God said, right? And then God said, day one. And then God said, day two. And then God said, all of these things happened, not because God had to do something. It was because God said something. God declared things. He declared over Abraham, you're going to be a great nation. And on and on, verse after verse, Genesis all the way to Revelation, the words of Christ, all about who Jesus declared he was. All of these things are speaking life. But I'm taking us to kind of an obscure little verse in, or passage of scriptures in the Old Testament. It's part of the story of the Exodus, part of the story of the Israelites trying to get from uh, Egypt to the promised land. And it's in Numbers chapter 13, and I think we have the words on the screen starting there at verse uh, 1. Numbers chapter 13. The Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. I need you to get that key word in that verse. Go back one slide for a second. He said, send some in. The Lord is speaking, okay? So he's speaking these words to Moses. Moses is the leader of the Israelites. And he said, send some in to give to explore the land, which I'm giving to the Israelites. In other words, it's already done. It's already been done. From the beginning, before the story even starts, I need you to hear it. It's already been done. I'm giving it to the Israelites. Verse 3. So at the Lord's command, Moses sent them out from the desert of Paran. All of them were leaders of the Israelites. These are their names. And so he goes on to name all of their names. Shamu, Shaphat, Caleb, Egal, Joshua, Plato, Gadiel, Gadi, Amiel. I, I actually like to mess their names up. I don't try to say I'm right because they're just crazy like that. But uh, Gadi, Gadi, Amiel, Sether, Nabi, Ghul. Like all these crazy people names. There's two guys in there in particular that we're going to talk more about than the others. But these are the 12 names of the 12 leaders of the 12 tribes of Israel. And that's the way in which the entire nation of Israel was grouped. That's the way they were set up in that wandering or that journey from the Egypt to the promised land. So Moses does what he's told to do. He sends them on this way. Verse 17, though. When Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, go up through the Negev and on into the hill country. See what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. It was the season for the first ripe grapes. So they went up and they explored the land from the desert of Zan as far as Rehob toward Lebo and Hamath. They went through the Negev and came to Hebron where Ahiman and Sheshai and Talmai, the descendants of Anak, lived. Hebron had been built seven years before Zon in Egypt. And when they reached the valley of Eshkol, they cut off a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes. 
Two of them carried it on a pole between them, along with some pomegranates and figs. That place was called the Valley of Eshcol because the cluster of grapes the Israelites cut off there. At the end of the 40 days, they returned from exploring the land. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants of the Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites, they live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. These are all enemies of God. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people there we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there the descendants of Anak, and we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Can you imagine that? Are you imagining the analogy that he's telling to Moses and all of the Israelites? Like literally, this, this people is so huge, and we look like grasshoppers compared to them. Continuing on, I think it's uh, verse chapter 14, verse 1, that night. All the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. So they heard this message. They came back with the 10, 10 giving this report. And it says, all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and our children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back. Man. So these 12 men, 12 leaders, the leaders of the 12 tribes, they go to explore the land. They spend 40 days in the land, the promised land, the land that God has already told them he's going to give to them. And as he goes there, like they come back and they come back with a single cluster of grapes. And you might be thinking a single cluster of grapes like you buy at Publix. But no, he's not talking about a single cluster of grapes that you buy in public. He's talking about a single cluster of grapes that takes two men and a pole to carry it. That's how fruitful the land was. Can you imagine how great this land is? The Lord said to them, go spot the land which I'm already giving to you. I need you to hear this. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The tongue has the power of life and death. In other words, hey, if you'll do this... You're going to get this big old fruit. It's going to be an amazing, fruitful adventure for you. God has something in store for you. This is a no-brainer. Like, he's saying to him, send your best and your brightest. Go check it out and bring me a report because leaders can see beyond. Leaders have vision. They know that this is going to be greater than even what they can imagine. But their report, which included evidence on a poll, says, yes, it's a land flowing with milk and, milk and honey. Yes, it's a big land. Yeah, these are big fruits. But here comes the poison. Here comes the rest of the story. Here's what the other ten said. They are very powerful. The cities are large and fortified. We can't attack those people. The Anak are there. 
These are giants, by the way. These were a formidable race of giant warlike people that were thought to be descendants of the, the Nephilim. In Genesis, this, this, this story of uh, these uh, like godlike giants uh, are there. And they're saying these are like the descendants of these warriors. The land devours those that live in it. And here's the most poisonous of it all. And we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes compared to them. Like, that's what we felt like. That's what we look like. See, this poison was contagious, and it spread rapidly. Soon these ten spies had influenced the entire Hebrew nation. That entire group of people, over a million people there gathered together, all because ten men said, no way, we can't do it. It's too big. It's too hard. They're too powerful. They devour everything, and we're grasshoppers. And the, the nation begins to say, if only we had died in Egypt. The people of Israel, the people that, that Moses and, and Aaron are called to send to the promised land, to lead into the promised land, said, if only we had died in Egypt, or maybe even just die right here where we're at in this desert, in between Egypt and the promised land. They said, let's choose a, a leader. Let's go back to Egypt. Let's go somewhere else. Uh, let's go back to where we started from. But I need you to hear what Egypt represented. Like, Egypt represented, first of all, slavery. It represented the, this this. Uh, oppression. Exodus chapter 1 says they were worked ruthlessly, and when the Pharaoh wanted to even work them harder, he took the straw out of the bricks, so it was even more work for them as they built up Egypt. Egypt represented cruelty. Egypt represented defeat. Egypt represented even death. The story of Moses and Moses' birth was a story of when the Pharaoh saw that the Israelites were becoming too powerful of a nation in Egypt and he was afraid they were going to overtake them. He did something that he thought would be a wise way to, to, to uh, keep the Egyptians down, I mean the Israelites down, which was to kill every firstborn, no, every male, not every firstborn, every male, to kill every Israelite male. He had these midwives that he said, do this. But the midwives were, were a feared God, and they didn't do it for Moses, and Moses' life was spared. But this is what they wanted to go back to. This was the life they were willing to trade in because they were afraid of the future. They were afraid of what they couldn't see. They were listening to the wrong voices, and because of those wrong voices, they were willing to go back and die in slavery. I need you to know this. You've got to listen to the right voices. I need to ask you this question. What are the voices that you are listening to in your life? What are the things that, that are being said about you and to you? And who are you listening to? Three things this morning that I see that Joshua and Caleb said. The two spies that were from the two tribes that stood up for God and listened to God. They spoke life by speaking positive. They spoke life by speaking positive. Another way that I thought of putting this, uh, and, I, and we didn't put it on the screen, but you, which is to speak up, to speak up. How, how many times do we hear people speaking down, speaking down to you or speaking down to a circumstance or just not believing God for anything and just talking down on a situation or a circumstance? To speak positive, to speak up, and to say God is in control. These guys said the land is exceedingly good. It is flowing with milk and honey. They said, do not be afraid. And we've got to be that same way in our circumstances. We've got to be that same way in our situation. We've got to stop looking at everything as it's about to die. It's about to fall apart. We're about to have to give up or quit. 
And we've got to start speaking up to our circumstances, believing that God is in control and listening for the voice of God in every situation. Ephesians chapter 4, 29 is a verse that I've quoted over this series a couple of times. But it says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only that which is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Don't let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth but only that that is helpful for building others up. And, and, and I think that applies on our social media. Like there are times when, when we see things that we're just like, wow, and we want to put that little shock face on there, you know, and not the like, not the sad, but the like, oh, the big circular like <laughs> face. You know which one I'm talking about? I saw that this week with, with a guy that, that was uh, dealing with a pretty like heavy issue, and, and he, he threw some stuff out there and started cursing at all kinds of people. I mean, it, went, it like had this 150 comment feed of people, and he was just trash-talking everybody, and everybody was trash-talking him, and like, I was like, man, where is this going? What is this doing? And, and so instead of like trying to like argue this guy on Facebook or anything else, instead I just posted and I said, hey man, I love you. I'm here for you. If you need something, you let me know. I hope things are going well. And it diffused that conversation to where like my, his comment to me was so kind. And man, I'm sorry I haven't been able to come and visit Renew yet, but I hope to be able to come one day. And then he's back on these other people cursing him out and calling him all kinds of four-letter words. And I'm like, wow. But we've got to speak up. We've got to speak positive in a, life full of, in, a, in a world full of negativity. Second thing we've got to do is we've got to speak life by speaking truth. Speak life by give, speaking truth. Joshua and Caleb, of the twelve, only Joshua, only Caleb, these two were the ones that said, the Lord is giving us this land. The Lord will lead us. The Lord is with us. Do not rebel against the Lord Colossians chapter 3 says, do not lie to one another, seeing to it that you put off the old self with its practices. In other words, we've got to start speaking truth to one another and even to ourselves. The reason why they needed to hear this is because there were people preparing to go back to their old life. They were preparing to, to, to just settle for slavery and death when God had already given them the promised land. Joshua and Caleb took a stand, and they stood for truth and the commitment that God had made to them. Joshua and Caleb, they spoke the truth in love. The third point is, is that we've got to speak faith. We've got to speak faith. Numbers 13, 30 says, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. They saw the circumstance. Yeah, they saw how big the, the giants were. They saw the same stuff the other ten did. But they were speaking faith because they knew that God was greater than every other enemy and every other person that was against them. Everybody else said, no way. Have you seen the size of those guys? They're huge. We're like grasshoppers. But when you say that, you've lost even before you've started. You've got to speak faith. I mean, so what happens to Joshua and Caleb? What happens to the other ten, Shamu and Shaphat and Plato and Gadiel and Gadi and Amiel and Sether and all these other guys? It says in Numbers 14, the next chapter, later on in a few verses down, it says they were, the men responsible for spreading the Brad report about the land were struck down and died of a plague before the Lord. Only 
Joshua and Caleb survived. And that generation, they wanted to go back to Egypt. They tried to go to the promised land without the Lord. And he said, don't do it. You'll be defeated. He won't be with you. Nevertheless, in verse 44, it says, in their presumption, they went ahead toward the high hill country uh, through Moses, nor the, though Moses nor the ark went with them. So the Amalekites and Canaanites who lived in the hill country came and attacked them and beat them down all the way back to Hormah. So they were like, okay, so now we're going we're gonna to start listening to Joshua and Caleb. We see these other guys must have been wrong. They just died. So let's go. Let's do it right now. And they took off and they got beat back all the way back to where they started. Back into the wilderness, wandering in the wilderness. This morning, man, I want to I wanna remind you to speak up, to speak positive, to speak truth in love, but speak truth to the circumstance, believing what God says about you, and to speak faith, knowing that God can do greater things than anything we could ever do. For Joshua and Caleb, they saw the same thing the other ten saw. They saw these Anakites. They saw these massive giants. And they could have easily quivered in fear. They could have easily given up. They could have easily just said, we should go home. Man, but what would have happened if they would have done that? If those two wouldn't have done that, what would have happened? What would have happened to the children of Israel? There would be no promised land. There would probably be no nation of Israel. They would have probably been wiped out. They probably would have just died out. There'd be no Israel. All because two men stood for what was right. All because two men stood for, for, for the right thing. And yeah, the obstacles are huge. And yeah, those are some big guys. But did you see the size of that fruit? That's what they said. That's what they thought. And my question for you is, is what's, your, what's your Anakite? Who is your Anakite? Who is the giant in front of you? If you're looking at the giant, I need you to look beyond the giant, and I need you to see the God that's the creator of the giant. If you're looking at the stuff that are, that's in the way and the obstacles in the way of your promised land, I need you to look beyond those obstacles, beyond that stuff, and see the fruit that God has for you if you'll only be faithful, if you'll only believe God, if you'll only listen to the voices that God has spoken to you, the voice that God is speaking to you right now. Trusting and knowing that God has something great for you. These weren't leftover raisins. These were monster fruit. That's what I want, man. I want the giant fruit. I want the greatest things that God has for me. I don't want to just live saying, ah, this is fine. Let me settle for this. Or in fact, even better, let's just go back to where we were. That's not worth it. That's not living. Man, that's settling. We listen to the wrong voices in our life. We listen to the things that, are, that, that, that the enemy say to us. We listen to what our, even our own family sometimes say to us. But I need you to listen to these words. In Galatians chapter 4, it says, So you are no longer a slave, but a son, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. 
I need you to hear that. I need you to know just even that song that we sang before the sermon this morning. I'm a child of God. I am who he says I am. I need you to begin to speak that and live that in your own life. I am who God says I am and nothing else. John 15, 15 says, I no longer call you servants because the servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I've learned from my father, I have made known to you. Like, I need you to hear that you are no longer just on the outside looking in. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you've allowed him to come into your life to be Lord and Savior of your life, man, you are a child of God. You are who he says you are and no one else. And this one, I love this. 2 Corinthians 5. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I need you to hear that and begin to speak that into your own life that I am the righteousness of God. Why? Not because of you, but because of him, but because of Jesus. He who had no sin became sin so that because of him coming and dying and and, and giving of his life, we might become the righteousness of God. That's who he says you are. No matter what, no matter the things that you're going through, no matter the things that you're facing, no, Jeremiah, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and you will come and you will pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and you will find me and you will seek me. And when you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I banished you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Man, what if we began listening to these words and stopped worrying about what other people are saying about us? The hope was going out for those people, for the Israelites. But because of Joshua, because of Caleb, because of their their boldness and believing that God was who he says he was and he had already promised this to them, it was done. It was given to them begin to live that same way even when things don't make sense would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning gracious heavenly father I thank you for this day God I thank you for this time I thank you for this group of people that are gathered together just to hear your word God I pray that we would just allow your word to speak life to us reminded that we are children of God, sons and daughters of God, regardless of what the world says. God, we are, our hope is not in the world or what the world says about us. Our hope is in Christ. And because of Jesus, God, we are righteous. Not because of ourselves, not because of what we've done or what we do, but because of what Jesus has already done at Calvary. Oh God, I thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness to us. Thank you for the good things that you want to do in us and through us. It's in Jesus' name we pray.
We're going to sing this song together. I'm going to invite you to stand. If for any reason at all you uh, want to pray, for whatever reason at all, man, I invite you to come forward um, and, um, man, be happy to pray with you. Let's sing together. Fill 
morning in my devotions and my I do a one-year reading plan to try to read through the Old and New Testament and uh, this morning in the reading it was in Jeremiah chapters 32 and 33 Jeremiah 33 3 great verse man Jesus God's phone number call unto me uh, and, and I'll give you things or answer things I, I forgot the way it goes but it's a great verse look it up but Jeremiah 32 the, that verses, it, it, those chapters, those verses preceding, it are verses of, of. Uh, so, so you have Jeremiah 29, okay? And Jeremiah 29 is saying, "I know the plans I have for you to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future." It's like so hope-filled, and we like to read that and know that, and sometimes we take it out of the whole context of what's going on. Babylon was fixing to like just wipe out, like. Israel. They were going to like take them over and defeat them, conquer them, and just move them out, like kick them out. They were about to do it. They did it. So, but the Lord gave Jeremiah this word in 32, Jeremiah 32, to buy this land. And he's going to like take deed on the land and property. But how many of you know, like you buy this stuff and in that time, I don't know all the circumstances, but if, if another nation comes in and they're a new government, it doesn't matter how much you paid for it, you lost it because we took it, we got it. We're the big bully and we're getting it. But God told Jeremiah to buy the land anyway. To buy the land anyway. And he knew that they were going to get defeated. They were going to get conquered. 
crazy is that? Jeremiah was faithful. He did it, and God, God used that. And you can even see it in the New Testament, the story of the potter's field. That's that same land. The point that I'm making is, is we don't always know what God is telling us to do or why he's telling us to do it. But just listen to the voice of God. More even than the voice of reason. Yeah, like we need to base some stuff on some reason. My faith is based on like, okay, God, I'm not just going to be crazy here. What is it that you, what is your, you're saying in this? And making sure, but like if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you in an instance or a situation, do it. Buy the land. Make the move. Be faithful to God. Even when it doesn't always make sense. Ah, didn't... Um, today... Uh, just with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you'd say, Pastor, just pray for me. I'm dealing with some of this stuff. The Lord's speaking to me. For whatever reason, if you just want me to pray for you, right where you're sitting, right where you're standing, excuse me, I'm just going to pray over you. But just lift your hands so I know. With your heads bowed, Pastor, pray for me. I see your hands. I see your hands. We put the lights up just so I can see your hands. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hands on my left, on my right, all around, both sides. God, Lord, you know, you know where we're at. You see us, you know our life. You see, see the hands, but you also see the hearts, as I often say. God, you know where we're at. So right here and right now, we just come before you and ask that you would just, God, have your way in our life. Pray that we would not listen to those other voices around us, the distracting voices, the, 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 the people talking down to us. God, that we would just do whatever the voice of the Lord says. Thank you, God, for the great things that you're doing. Thank you, God, that you do have a great plan for us. We trust you. I, I, I'm preaching to myself today because I believe you, God, in spite of the external, in spite of the way things sometimes look and, and how scary this step of faith has been, and it's still stepping every single week, every single month as the expenses are due and everything happens. But, God, we trust you and we believe you, and God, we know that you are the great provider. You are Jehovah Jireh, and we say thank you. We trust you. If today you don't have that relationship so that you can't even hear the voice of God, maybe your heart is hardened and you need to make a recommitment, or for the first time ever, maybe today, you're needing to pray this prayer and ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord, to be your Savior, to come into your life. It's a simple prayer. It's a prayer of faith. It says, Lord, I believe in you and that you sent your son Jesus to die for me. And because you died for me, I want to live for you. And if you want to pray that prayer and make that relationship with Jesus your number one relationship, you want to put him on the throne of your life, you can do that today. It's a prayer that that, that just says what I said. But if, if if you want to pray that, would you just lift your hand right where you're at? I don't know if there's anybody this morning, but if that's you today and you'd say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to accept Jesus as my personal Savior. I see your hand sitting over here. Praise God for you, sir. Anybody else? Praise God. It's a simple prayer. Lord Jesus, forgive me. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Lord Jesus, I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. Save me, God. I know that I'm a sinner and that I've made mistakes, but here and now I ask you, God, to change me from the inside out. Make me brand new. 
If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. I'm claiming that over my life, over this young man's life over here. God, just do a work in him. God, save us. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross. Because you died for me today and from this day forward, I choose to live for you. Thank you, oh God, for these things. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask that you'd fill out the communication card, the perforated card on the connection box there, and just check that box and let us be in touch with you. Super, super excited about what God has in store for you. Mikey, would you come? Wow, what an awesome series. It's kind of kind of sad that it comes to an end, but like Pastor Trevor mentioned earlier, there is time to, to get back on this. And, and with that being said, we have this short little video for you guys, introduce you guys to next week's series called How to Deal. So enjoy. Have you ever felt as though life dealt you a bad hand? Or that you're living in a world that keeps taking from you only to receive nothing in return? We all go through tough times, unexpected changes, emotional pressure, and we face bad days. These things are inevitable. Not to mention that the pace of life is such that we sometimes struggle to know how to deal with everything at once, and we never know how long it will last. This four-part series will focus on some of the issues in your life that you might be asking, how do I deal with this? Don't miss our How to Deal series beginning May 26th at 10.30 a.m. at Renew Church. So how to deal, we get started with that next week. So feel free to invite somebody and um, let's pack this house up and have a great time for Christ. And as always, this is the part of our service where we worship God through tithes and offering and also some reminders if you filled out a connection card or if you have a giving envelope you can drop those off in the back there'll be some ushers there with buckets and there's a box but i also don't want to forget let's make some noise for those who who gave their life to christ this sunday morning congratulations that is the best thing you could have ever done i'm so excited for you and what god's going to do in your life um, so like I said, also we do have the pool party for, for the youth after today's service. Small groups are launching, so please come find me at the welcome table on your way out for some more information. Um, the worship team has one more song for us, but before that, let's pray. God, bless this, this time, God. Bless these people, God, as we go on with our, our Sundays, Father. And I just pray, Lord, that you continue to bless this ministry and provide and and, and allow us, Lord, to go out into this community, Lord, and be a blessing for others, God. I pray that you bless, bless the worship team, God. Thank you for all that you've done in this place, Lord. I pray for us, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you could, everyone stand.
love you. <laughs>